This is Conversations with Corliss, the podcast that features real and inspiring people who are leading their lives with purpose, passion, and confidence. Through their stories, advice, and expertise, you will be empowered with tools and insights to become the leader you are meant to be. Your host, Corliss, is a Dare to Lead trained, certified success principles coach, best-selling author, and inspirational speaker. As an entrepreneur for more than two decades, she has coached, trained, and mentored thousands to tap into their personal power and realize their potential. Through her company, Corliss Co., she will help you dream again and break through what holds you back from leading the life you want to have. Connect with her today at corliss.ca. Hi, everyone. This is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it. My name is Corliss, and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. With my kids more independent and my career not as fulfilling as it once was, I found myself wondering if this was it and what was next for me. I went looking for answers to recreate my life, and I found them in having meaningful conversations with inspiring people. That's what we'll do here for you. Whatever you're looking for, I'm glad you're here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. This is episode 045, Lessons I Learned from Losing with Lori Mishishnik. Serena Williams said, I've grown the most not from victories, but setbacks. If winning is God's reward, then losing is how he teaches us. This is the basis of our conversation today. Do you have a dream? Do you believe that you can win? What have you learned from losing? All important questions to ask yourself as you navigate your own life. In today's episode, we will learn through the stories of a world-class athlete and how losing gifted her the greatest lessons to claim her spot on the gold-level podium. Lori has always had a passion for fitness and made it her priority. In her 10 years in CrossFit training, she has qualified eight times to compete in the CrossFit Games as a master athlete. In case you're not familiar, the CrossFit Games are an annual international competition with a rigorous qualification process to find the top 10 master athletes in the world who would receive an invitation to the Games. With an unshakable commitment to her training, she has brought four medals home to Canada, silver in 2011, bronze in 2015, silver in 2018, and gold in 2019. In fact, 2019 was a double podium year winning gold at the CrossFit Games and at the World Masters Weightlifting Championship where she set two world records. Today, she is the founder of On Point Coaching, where she helps athletes understand that no amount of physical fitness will lead them to their goals without a mental fitness to match. She is still an athlete with a plan to compete again this year. Welcome to the show, Lori. I'm absolutely thrilled that you're here and really excited to learn from you. Uh, Thanks for showing up for all of us today. Thanks, Corliss. Excited to be here. Yeah, you have so many accomplishments, so many things to be proud of. But what I'd really love to kind of start this whole conversation with is is for the audience to kind of get to know you outside of being an athlete. Can you tell us just a little bit more about you on the personal side? 
I can. I can. I am a mom. I have three beautiful human beings in my life. I have a daughter. I have uh, and two sons. Uh, and I'm a grandma. My middle son has a little girl. She'll be a year old here coming up in May. So that's that's pretty exciting. Been pretty new, interesting in a pandemic world for that to have happened. Um, you know, my background, uh, I, uh, I've been married twice. I've had the experience of two uh, beautiful marriages um, with my kids being born there. And uh, one of my marriages was very interesting. I became bilingual at that time. So uh, when I did leave that marriage, I hauled myself back to university, got a teaching degree, taught in the French school division. Uh, carried on with some career uh, careers in that with because I could speak French that was interesting worked for the government for a while uh, retired from that um, job and uh, started my own company on point coaching which has been a result of the lessons and the things that I have learned um, as an athlete to be able to actually uh, help other athletes um, be inspired to understand the their potential is actually limitless through the experiences that I have had as an athlete. So that's that's kind of cool to be running that uh, consulting company now. That takes us up to you know what I'm doing now. That's that's pretty much uh, who I am. Is in a quick background for you. Mm, I like it. And you know, before we started the show here, everyone, Lori and I were talking about the fact that she's got her first grandchild. And like, I'm so excited to be a grandchild. And really, I'm maybe just putting this in as a little seed for my kids who might actually listen, listen to this episode, because I just think it's such a beautiful thing to be able to experience all aspects of life. And you've had many careers, many experiences. And I'm sure one of the things you're most proud of is your children and now grandchild. Are they proud of you too? They must be. My goodness, if you were my mom, I'd be like, whoa, my mom's amazing. <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting. Thanks, Corliss. Uh, you know, when I, when I was able to text them and say, hey, your mom's uh, a world record holder, that was kind of cool. And yes, they're so supportive of me and what I do. Um, and yet I look at them, Corliss, and I am so proud of them because in spite of me as a single mom growing up and the mistakes that I made, like we just, no one is perfect. And I certainly wasn't a perfect parent back then. They have become such, you know, lovely human beings. And um, yes, we have great influence. So I know I did lots of things right. And they are very proud of me um, as much as I am proud of them, as I say, for all the mistakes I I made uh, as a parent, we all managed very well. Um, and I think, one of the things I always tell them is if you weren't my child, I would want to be your friend. I like you as a person, not just as my child. And so um, that's kind of cool to see that, see that in our children. Yeah. So yes, they are, they are proud of me. I'm, I'm very, very fortunate and very grateful. Oh, like I'm just getting chills just thinking about sending a text message like your mom. What did you say? A world qualifier? What world? Why world champion? Like what? That point, I was a world record holder, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> like, hello. So, okay. So here's the thing about me that you maybe don't know because. I feel like the best example that we can be for people around us, and we're all leading, including our families, because as we're chasing our dreams and we're setting goals and we're going after them, there's no better example 
than demonstrating that for our children. So I feel like you're kind of the the epitome of that for for our listeners to just rise up and show your children that you can have dreams and that it's okay to live big and and be the best example that you can be. Thank you for that. That's very cool. I you know it's an interesting thing though Corliss is that for myself I'm just doing what I love. I'm not doing anything amazing. And I mean, I'm told people say that they're very kind. And yet, just when I'm doing what I love doing, that's when I'm my best, right? Mm, Such a good point. So what do you love? What do you love? What are you passionate about? And do more of that. And that just sets an example in itself. So I'm really fascinated because, you know, you and I both were not like in our 20s or 30s anymore. (laughs) So how do you end up in the CrossFit games? Like I'm fascinated by that. So tell us, how does that even happen? Yeah, I, um, I, I guess first off, I, I have been gifted with some athletic abilities. Um, for sure. I, I think it's like 0.002% of the world's population, you know, goes to the CrossFit games. Like really that's phenomenal. When I even think about that, that I get to be part of that. I'm so grateful. And yet it's just, it's gifts I've been given and I have had to put them to good use. And so, I mean, I guess that's how I got to the CrossFit games. I took my gifts and I put them to good use. I did not let them sit there. <laughs> I like it. And I know that that because we're going to talk about the lessons, the lessons that you learned through losing, you know, how do you come up with that? So is it because you learned the most when you were down? Like, yeah, that's a great question, too. It's, um, you know, my biggest, most meaningful lessons that have caused the most change in me as a person and change when I, I say growth as a person to to rise bigger than I had been to expand and be a fuller, more fuller expression of myself was my, my losing my, like my most down times. It wasn't the winning parts, not at all. Yeah. So it, it, it is, it, it definitely was in the losing that all of my lessons came out uh, in my like eight times I've been qualified to the games eight times in those seven years of going to the games. It was the losing years that have taught me the most. <laughs> yeah. And made me better truly. Wow. Okay. So let's get into those lessons. Let's begin like kind of point by point, like one of the biggest lessons that you've, you've learned that the audience can get value from. Yeah. And so many times, like in the, in those years, I would be asking myself, Oh my gosh, is this worth it that I do this? Like the training I put in, uh, you know, and going to the games, like going, making that trip. It's a long trip. I'm gone. There's so much arranging to do. It's expensive wow, like, should I be doing this? And um, the, you know, the lesson that came out of those questions for me is that each of us has this really unique gift. And it is so unique that no one in the world, no one else in the world can do it like you do it. And if we don't bring it to the world, it's like there's a piece of the puzzle missing. And that's a, that's a, everybody gets frustrated when there's a puzzle piece missing. And, and so the world is missing this amazing light, uh, this, this thing that's going to be around to um, make a difference. And so I came to understand that I had a very unique gift, and it was worth my time and my energy. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's neat. So you have a gift in, in being an athlete and you've had natural abilities. You're also really passionate about it. What about the person? Like, how does someone even go about defining and developing and even understanding what their gift is? Yeah. 
Um, that's a, yeah, a great question. So I think for me, it was in the years that I lost when I, I didn't perform, I didn't perform well, uh, I didn't perform my best. I knew I could have performed better. Uh, I still, I came home upset, reflective thinking on this, but I couldn't wait to get back to the gym and start training again. And it didn't, you know, it didn't make me want to quit. And I, I would say to people, if there is something that keeps you up at night, you keep thinking about, it just might be connected to your very unique gift and you should pay attention to it. There's that, it's that thing that's like knocking inside you, asking to be let out. And so I think for me, the fact that I would come home and I couldn't wait to get back to the gym and start training again and be better. And I told myself, I'm going to be better going back the next year. I'm going to get them going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out what I'm doing wrong. You know, it led me to understand that this is something that's not going to let me go because this is something in my DNA. So I think if you, if you have this knocking and there's something that you just, you are always thinking about, you should give it some attention just sit down with it for a while and spend some time with it. It's maybe something that you should be bringing to the world. Mm, I like that so much, actually. It's like pay attention to those things that light you up, that burning desire that's sitting there that you just haven't focused on yet. So what other lessons? Tell us about other ones. All right. Well, um, uh, I think, you know, that would have been one as well. Like if you fall out of the saddle, but you want to keep getting back on, think about that. Just pay attention to that. Right. And I, the other thing that, you know, came to me is um, for me, the, the only way to change the world and make a difference in the world is to do what you love. And if you, uh, and again, if you honor it, right. And for me, it was to, to honor myself as an athlete and not, feel like it was something I'm wasting time at or right I don't know I don't want to use I, that word guilt right that just uh, that we we allow in our lives um, because we feel unworthy or something is unworthy that uh, you know we're paying attention to it isn't right so doing what you love truly is the only way to change the world and you know if you if you haven't found it yet I like I can I really tell people to keep looking um, and when you do find something that you love, if you hone it and you master it, it will earn you a living, Corliss. You will, it, it will be something that people will come to you for. And, you know, eventually it will turn into something that, you know, you live by. Oh, like I get this so much because I know in my own work, like it's like every day I just get to get up and help people figure out who they are and step into their power and break through what's holding them back and dream bigger. And I do that. And it's like, it's just 
this thing I, that just lights me every single day. And to be able to get up and do that, I mean, I believe it just sends out an energy that just attracts people to you. And there was a time in my life, and it sounds like you've experienced this as well, and we're very aligned here, that you almost kind of become stagnant. And I think a lot of the listeners too, it's like you just kind of become stagnant. You don't even really think about those things anymore. You're certainly not dreaming really big. Don't even know what you're passionate about. And if you fall into that place, perhaps the the whole concept here to light yourself up is to try some new things. Like Lori tried something new. She's demonstrated that for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, another thing then, um, Corliss, that made it more serious um, for me. And, you know, I would say these lessons, though, help me bring fun back into my athletics. You know, as I was losing, it wasn't always fun, right? That losing was not fun. Um, but when I understood some of these things about myself, truly, it leads you to your purpose, you know, and with that, though, then comes a responsibility. And I think this was the next thing that I learned is that I have a responsibility then to see how, um, how big I can take this, where is this supposed to go? And, uh, you know, and again, I have, um, I have a spiritual background, right? And I, I trust that those things will be opened up to me as long as I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now and doing it to the best of my ability. The way will be shown to me is where I should go next with it. But that was, I took then a responsibility upon myself to treat this with respect and again, to honor it and to give it my all. You know, and I would I would say that's that next thing. When you when you have that thing that's knocking and it won't let you alone and you accept it, right? You open yourself up to it or let it out, whichever one you'd like to say better, but you embrace it. Then you have a responsibility to love it and nurture it and build it, right? Become a master of it. And so that was, you know, that was the next thing for me because that, that, what, what that did for me was it um, released my fear of not being enough. I, I saw that this was something, nobody else will do this like I do this and do with it what I will do with my gifts, right? Like as I bring it to a business now and I pivoted into a business and um, help other athletes, right? And then I was able to let go of my fear of not being enough. That's not what this is about. This is about service and changing people's lives. And with that came a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Mm. So responsibility, so you own your gifts and you take responsibility for using those to inspire others is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was exciting. What an exciting pivot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Truly. Last summer, I participated in a 21-day challenge that changed my life. There was something so powerful about having a focus every day, and the 21 days was long enough to create a big change, but not too long that I couldn't follow through with everything else happening in my life. This inspired me to design a personal growth challenge of my own. I called it the power of you, and feedback told me it was such a powerful experience, I ended up creating a second challenge called the best you. How did it work, you might wonder? Well, every day for 21 days, participants received an inspiring lesson into their inbox with the first seven days focused on making peace with the past, the next seven on living in the moment, and the final seven on propelling into the future. 
The challenge included daily, easy to understand video lessons and access to the guided journal to help them reflect and apply the teaching to their lives. Usually we begin and move through the program together day by day, but after mega requests to access the program anytime, I am thrilled to offer to you for a limited time, lifetime access to both programs. All 42 lessons can be yours to access anytime you like. This is like having personal growth on demand. To live your best life, you must work on yourself consistently. You can't help anyone until you help yourself. Invest in you today at Corliss.ca. So did you have to give yourself permission to, to do that? Like, I'm just thinking about a lot of the, the listeners and they're like, yeah, I had this passion, this thing I really want to do, but I've got all these other responsibilities and these things going on. And I don't know if anybody really wants to learn from me, like all that head chatter that goes on of like stepping into responsibility and, and, you know, kind of stepping past the fear. So talk with us about your experience there. Um, as in getting, getting past that fear, getting past the fear and giving yourself permission to like live a bigger life and to pursue your dreams. Mm. Well, you know, again, it, it came down to me understanding, um, I, you know, I, I, I was, so I was doing some work with my mentor. So he was walking me through a bit of a process and some understanding and, um, you know, went through some things around purpose, vision and goals. And, um, yeah, you know, when you hammer out some of those things for yourself, um, they are just the light on the path, right? And it, and it was, um, this is just, um, you know, it's now become inevitable for me that this is what I'm doing. And, you know, the again, the purpose around fulfillment comes from service. How am I to serve, right? And that was the work that I did with this. And so it was, again, I, I talk about just becoming more aware. It's being noticing what you're thinking, notice what you're noticing. And for me, it was, you know, to notice um, I could help people like this. Like I, I would get messages from people saying, Hey, um, they'd ask me a simple question about training or somebody would say, congrats. I'd like people like say on Instagram who I don't even know would message me saying, thanks. You're so in, you know, we love watching you and you got me started in CrossFit. I tried CrossFit because I was watching you and I went, wow. Right. Wow. And I always think if I got one person off the couch because of what I did athletically, that's great. If I changed one life, that was worth it. And, you know, those things, um, you know, again, and my purpose then to see that this was to serve people and how can I help people? All my fear was gone. This was not about me. The, the fear is a selfishness, right? About ourselves. We've put the light on ourselves when we're fearful and we don't, we need to like let the light inside us shine out. It's not about us. It's not on us. It's about other people. And so that was huge for me to come to that realization that, as an athlete doing what I love, I can change other people's lives. That's so big. I, I feel like you did a tweetable moment there. Fulfillment comes from service. I just, it, it's something bigger. And I often talk about this in my own trainings. It's really what I believe. It's just my own belief system. The purpose is always connected to something bigger than you. And it certainly sounds like that's what you found along the way as you were losing, winning, losing, winning, and discovering yourself through this journey, you found out that there's something bigger to this and I can serve people on a new level and fulfill a purpose here at the same time. Mm -hmm. Truly. And, and I think 
that probably Corliss, if I can jump, you know, to it and like my, I, I think one of my last big lessons or one of the, again, a big lesson that I learned was that the goal isn't the prize and what we're doing. It's who we become in achieving that goal. And, you know, so it was uh, when I won my silver medal, um, it was like, it, it was great. It wasn't, it wasn't the big deal. It wasn't the big deal. The big deal was to me how I performed that year, who I was on the field. I was a totally different athlete. It was who I had become in the process to win that silver medal, you know, and then I still continued my work and then, you know, won a gold medal. But somebody asked me about what was it like being on the podium? And it was kind of funny because I said, you're going to be surprised at my answer. But my answer was, I've stood on that podium so many times in my mind, I was done with it. Like I was ready to get off the podium and go home and start training and figuring out how I'm going to be better. Right. And, uh, you know, so the, the, we set a goal, but it's not the prize. It, as I said, it's, it's who we become in learning, uh, who the person is, who can, who's ready to receive that goal. That, that was big for me as well. Holy, that's big. Now, I really want to talk a little bit more about that because the subconscious and conscious mind and, you know, mastering your mindset, like being an athlete, especially at the level that you've been able to succeed, there's a mental game that goes along with this. So talk about that. Like you, you mentioned that you could see yourself on the podium before you were even there. So talk about that and what you've learned about your journey in, in the mindset space. Right. Yeah. So what I've learned and, you know, what I, what I'm trying, like when I look at the service that I want to help and how I can help people is to help people understand um, there's two, there's two parts to us. There is our rational reasoning um, thought that we have, and it's super important. Um, But there's another part to us and there's our emotional thinking. And Um, so when I, when I talk to athletes about their mental fitness and their physical fitness, first off, those two have to be aligned. So my mental fitness was not aligned with my physical fitness. I was fit enough to win the CrossFit games. I was not mentally fit enough to win the CrossFit games. And so I had to start working on that. And even when as athletes, how many hours do we spend training our body? I I certainly didn't spend any time training my mind until I figured this out. And um, what I had to, what then what I had to understand was that mental fitness was made up of those two parts, the rational reasoning thinking and the emotional thinking. My rational reasoning thinking, it knew I was fit enough to win the CrossFit games. My emotional thinking was telling me I was not good enough. All kinds of reasons it was telling me. And, um, and that's huge to understand then to bring those two in line. And that's what I worked on. I didn't, I didn't do any more physical training um, to, you know, win my silver and then that gold medal. It was completely understanding myself emotionally and um, letting myself be a gold medalist, allowing myself to be a gold medalist, be that person before I could have it. I had to be it before I could have it. That was certainly it. And then I did different things. I trained differently. I, you know, it was it comes, you know, down to like the confidence, our self-worth, right? And again, me understanding that my not achieving a gold medal was not letting anybody down. I had to come to understand that, like, again, what a, what a very arrogant thing to think that my actions, you know, would affect people and that they would be upset that I didn't 
you know, go and win a gold medal, right? I had to understand, whoa, they love me no matter what I write. Um, this is me. This is me um, thinking I'm good enough. That's all that counts, right? And so um, I had to change my emotional thinking around that. And it, and it was simple, but it was not easy. I will say that it was simple, but it was not easy. It took a lot of work to kind of put some paradigms, old beliefs aside, back where they belonged into the dark corner and, uh, you know, bring new light to myself as an athlete. And that was all the emotional mind or the subconscious mind as you talk about. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh, like, I love this because I know what you're describing to be truth in my own life. And I've watched it happen. And I love what you said about you have to be it before you can have it. And you can do that in your mind. And you can show up for that. And then you can have it. Can you um, earlier, we were talking about that moment when that coach came up and asked you a question do you believe you can win? Tell us about that story. Give me the story there. Uh, and again, I was just so fortunate in my life. Like he's a very dear friend today. And I was so fortunate that he was living on a higher level of awareness to notice in me what was happening and for him to ask me that question. And, you know, we went on to talk about it and it was how I understood. I, my rational mind knows I'm fit enough my emotional mind does not know that I can win this, this medal. And so we did some work and, and then it was a work around my purpose, my vision, um, my goals um, for me as an athlete, for me as a person, all of those things had to start coming into alignment. And um, yeah, that emotional part was, I am the gold medalist. I am a gold medalist. And I have won the CrossFit games and, you know, we, he, he, and I was, <laughs> I was skeptical about this in the beginning. It was, you know, my emotional mind was still saying, look, I've gone and tried this many times. How many years haven't I done this yet? What makes you think you can do it now? Like what's going to be different. Right. And, and it was simply uh, coming out, like really sitting down and writing out what will be different. What will be different? How will I be at the start line? How will I be as I'm doing, you know, in the middle of a workout? Who am I? What am I saying to myself? So it was, you know, you use the word that mind, mind chatter. And that's our emotional, uh, our, our emotional intelligence, right, is often the mind chatter. And uh, so I had to really look at mine and do an overhaul there. And I did. Uh, and it just was a world of difference. You know, and, and he, you know, he would be, he got me started, this mentor of mine um, on some of these things, right? And again, when I say it's simple, but not easy, it's why most of us aren't doing it. Like truly, there's only 3% in the world, Corliss, who do these things, who actually take the time to raise their conscious level of awareness and, and study themselves. And that's what it was for me. I had to study myself and, and you know, he got me on the right path, um, you know, gave me some ideas on how to do that. So it was great. I just love your story. Now, I just got to ask you because I'm curious because a lot of the people that, you know, are listening to this are like, oh, it's too late or I'm too young or I don't know enough or I'm not sure. Do I even have any gifts? So they're, they're saying these things to them. Just in one word, I want you to answer this question. Ready? Okay. How, how old were you when you won gold? 56. 
Whoop, whoop. Like, that's so cool. It's never too late, is it? Never too late. Oh my gosh. I'm way healthier now than, than I was when I started this sport. Yes. <laughs> that's so awesome. I love it. What a great example. Now, what would you tell the person who is facing an uphill battle right now? They've, you know, they're struggling with something. What would you say to them? Ah, our circumstances do not define us. Um, If you, if you can dream something, like if you can see something, Corliss, if you can see it, it means you will already possess everything that is required to bring it to your life, to bring it to the world. You couldn't dream it and you couldn't see it if it wasn't already part of you, right? If it actually wasn't already manifest in another time and space, just not here yet. I truly believe that. And so we really need to honor our our thoughts, our visions. And um, again, I like, I notice what we're noticing, you know, so, so somebody, like you say, like an uphill battle right now, just sit down and close your eyes and see what you see. And, you know, start dreaming what, what you would want in your life. And then that part of realizing you couldn't dream it if it wasn't already part of you and you possess everything to make it happen. That's very, very powerful and important to understand for all of us. Mm, It's such truth there. So focus on where you're going and get that so crystal clear in your mind and you have the power within you to make it happen. Now, in all of these times of losing, you know, the lessons that you took from those experiences that were where you learned the most, and you've demonstrated that beautifully for us today. I just have one more question about that. How did you find the strength to keep going? Oh, you know, and again, it's, it's when it is that one unique gift of yours, you never give up on it. You, you can't put it down again. I, I, like I say, it's, it's part of us. It's the, it's, it truly is driving our purpose in life. It is, you know, never think for one minute you were put here to lose and not to make a difference. We all were. And, and again, I, I, every, every year coming back from not having performed as I felt I had could perform, you know, to my best, I still wanted to get back to the gym, I didn't want to take any time off. And so, again, pay attention to those things that don't let you alone. They're, they're a sign of um, something you should be following and pursuing, and, and, you know, giving, giving your love to nurturing it, developing it. Um, Yeah, I would, I would say that's it, those, those things that keep you up at night, and being a better athlete, kept me up at night. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. So I have three closing questions, but before I ask you those, what are your future dreams? So we're talking about dreams and about focusing forward. So what is it that Lori is dreaming of? Yeah. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to speak more Corliss. I'd love to speak to groups, um, about, um, the, the power within them, of course, to, to see forward. And, you know, and and again, their circumstances right now do not define them. And I I think if to teach people how to think, we're not born knowing how to think we are born with a capacity to think. And and again, people do not understand the power of the conscious and the subconscious mind and the relationship between the two. And when they do, 
it's life changing. There are immediate things that happen in their life. And so uh, I would like to, you know, be able to uh, have my business on point coaching, do a little bit more um, speaking around that and helping people. And then of course, um, working with athletes. Uh, I love, I love to take what I have learned and just pass it on so that they can make a jump in their, in their performance, right. In their goals in reaching their goals. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So anything else further that is really burning that you need to share on this particular topic before I ask you the three closing questions? Uh, you know what? Uh, this was something uh, I was thinking about. Uh, something you said made me think about it is, um, um, you know, knowledge does not equal transformation. And uh, I got that from Peter Sage, actually. And it's, it's, it's again about... Um, the whole emotional piece of us. It's, we don't need to know anymore. I didn't need any more CrossFit skills, right? I needed um, a better awareness of my, my thinking and a, a more inner transformation of myself. So that's I'd like to leave you with that. Awesome. So great. All right. So the three closing questions are this, what does leadership mean to you? Leadership. Yeah. Great, great question. I believe, you know, leadership first is being um, a really good listener, uh, being aware what's around us, um, because, uh, you know, as a leader, it means you're, you're, you're in front and there are people coming with you, right? And uh, I, I truly do believe, uh, you know, the greatest leaders take the most people with them, right? They kind of phase themselves out because they have passed on everything they know. And, um, you know, their followers eventually become the teachers and the leaders and, you know, bring to the table all of their skills, right? So that leaders are continually like recycling themselves, right? As new people come up, replace them, but they move on. And with their new uh, skills, they go and lead another group of people up higher and higher and higher. You know, so I believe listening comes first to see where people are at, because you can only lead somebody from where they're at. And uh, so, you know, it's, it, it is the agenda of the group. So I think a leader has a keen sense of that, uh, because they can only start walking from where their group is at, whoever they are, they are leading. So I think that's important. Excellent. That's so good. Now, one book or a podcast that was truly transformational for you? Ah, oh, boy, there are many, many, many. But I, you know, the very first one, Corliss, when I look back years and years ago, was The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murray. Murphy, Dr. Joseph Murphy, The Power of the Subconscious Mind was the first one uh, to um, teach me about thinking. Awesome. I'm going to recommend that one. I'm going to, I'm going to do a double tap on that one and say, yes, everyone get that one. Because I think, you know, the foundation of all success is really connected to the power of our mindset and understanding how our brain works and the, the subconscious mind. So definitely do that. Now, the final, final, final closing question. If you could only leave the world with one piece of advice based on all of the highs and all of the lows and everything you've experienced in your life, what would you want to leave them with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Life is this, this is not a dress rehearsal. <laughs> we don't, you know, even though the universe is so good to us and, you know, will continue to present us with the lessons that we need. I, like I say, play full out, play full out. The really cool thing is 
you're writing the script to this beautiful, um, you know, movie of your life and you're the star, you know, so it's like playful out. You don't, you don't need a dress rehearsal here. Just yeah. Get love, just, you know, love unconditionally and playful out you you're writing the script of your life here. And at the end of this, you just want to say what a great movie that was. I like, I'll watch that over. Right. So I, I would say um, that's the biggest thing. There's no dress rehearsal here. Just keep going for it. Yeah. Playful out. Beautiful. What a great close. Thanks again for being here with us today, Laurie. I've learned a lot and I know the listeners have as well. Thanks Corliss. It was great fun. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.